Welcome to the I'm Uncomfortable podcast, where we tackle the issues you feel awkward talking about and put ourselves into uncomfortable situations you secretly relate to. We're not better than you. We're the same as you. We're just willing to publicly talk about our innermost cringe and shame. I'm Melissa. And I'm Vanessa. Let's get uncomfortable. Welcome to another episode of the I'm Uncomfortable podcast. Today, we continue our celebration of National Women's Month by not having one, but two wonderful guests with us. We have Rose and Jennifer. Say hello, Rose and Jennifer. Hi. Hello. Hello. Yes, Rose and Jennifer are cousins, first-generation Filipino-Americans, then turned business partners and founders of the In Her Purpose Project. It's a multifaceted project meant to advocate for women, to fuel the future generation, and spread love. So with their first co-authored book, In Her Purpose, 40 Principles of Asian Women Redefining Success on Their Own Terms, they hope to inspire readers to discover their purpose, amplify their voice, and share their true gifts with the world. Yes, so excited. Can't wait to dive in. But first, let's start off by sharing our recent uncomfortable moments. I'm going to go first because mine's a little silly. I was in a one-to-one with one of the teachers that I coach, and it was her mid-year like performance evaluation. And all of a sudden, there's like a knock on my door, and the maintenance guy is here to fix something in my bathroom. So I'm on Zoom with my poor teacher. I'm like, oh, like hold on. And then he's trying to ask me questions, like clearly not getting that I'm like on a Zoom call, even though like he can see her on the screen. And so it was a weird juggle of like, let me show you the crack in the floor. Like, sorry, hold on for your evaluation. Like, let me come back to you type thing. Um, and then I like didn't turn off my video, so I'm sure she saw me like walking around all frenzied um this would never have happened if we weren't working from home but and then he like didn't have his mask on for part of the time and then he saw me put mine on and then he was like oh and then like adjusted his so all around and then I had to go back hey I'm so sorry like okay let's continue with your evaluation just all around many uncomfortable moments chaos so, yeah <laughs> ca- absolute chaos so there's that <laughs> Yeah, the only kind of chaos that would happen from working from home. It's like very unique to this time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and just to build off of that, my uncomfortable moment is um, as part of my job, I do a lot of community outreach. That's I do a lot of our outreach programs to the people that are in our service area. Um, and one of the things that I have yet to do until this week was um, teach uh, and do a field trip, a live field trip, because we do, we have a water treatment facility that we provide field trips to for kids in our service area. And typically they would go to the facility, but we've transitioned to this live streamed from the facility and half at home. And I have yet to, um, have an audience of kids. Vanessa always has an audience of kids. So this is the first time I was um, teaching uh, about the water cycle and all of the ways that we, um, you know, need to protect our water sources to these fifth graders. And honestly, I was more nervous facing that audience versus (laughs) the senior citizens that I typically (laughs) talk to or like the other industry professionals. It's, It's a very intimidating group of kids you know a group of people so I give kudos to you Vanessa for having to deal with the kids all day every day but that was my uncomfortable moment yeah Jennifer I think you wanted to go first (laughs) yeah so during COVID I honestly have not really gone out you know I've been working from home and I've actually been home longer than most people I started working from home last year in February oh wow so yeah so 
I feel like I've just been home for an entire year and for the first time I actually went out to eat outside and that was kind of uncomfortable for me honestly because I feel like I've been so isolated and I haven't really seen a lot of people and so to have to one wear jeans and dress up like that was uncomfortable for me because I'm so used to wearing sweats Mm -hmm. and um going out in person and then just the whole concept to me was just weird right like you have to wear a mask but it's okay you can put it down because you can take off your mask when you want to eat it's like what's the point like of wearing the the mask (laughs) yes And then it was also weird that you ha- now have to like take your phone and scan the picture. The ma- oh yeah, to to get the, the menu, menu oh, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the waiter didn't even take our order. He basically said, "You could just order on this app. You can pay on the app." And I'm thinking, "Then why are you here?" <laughs> like, you know. And he literally only came um, to bring water and to bring the food out. But that, at that point, it's kind of like, what is the point of, of them being there? We should just pick up our own food. Like take out? <laughs> yes, take out because <laughs> then someone's still touching your food. Someone's mm-hmm. still coming. I don't know. Just the whole thing was kind of uncomfortable for me. And then I saw people who look like they just go out all the time, right? Like, oh, it's completely normal. I'm the one who's feeling uncomfortable. Just the whole experience was just like odd to me that like, how is this safer? I, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's fair. How about you, Rose? Oh my gosh, I am always in an uncomfortable <laughs> situation <laughs> all the time. But I'll share one. Um, this happened yesterday. So here in, I'm here in LA, and there's a lot of people that still go out, and then there's a lot of people that don't go out, right? So I'm mm-hmm. more of the in betweener because for my one of my businesses, I have to go out to our cafe. So I'm always out at the cafe, and I'm always serving there. And then I come home and then I'm always with, you know, my family and then I'm doing all our other businesses. This particular day yesterday, our neighbors' kids came over to play. So, and they haven't hung out in a very long time and it just seemed like they were just that fun, you know, moment for, for my mm-hmm. kids to, to play. I don't want to take that away from them. So I'm like, okay, you know what? I want, you guys can play, but you guys can play outside. So you right. guys play outside. We have this trampoline outside. So they were jumping around in the, in the trampoline. And, um, you know, the kids being kids. So I have a, a girl and a boy, 10-year-old and a 7-year-old. So the, so the 7-year-old was playing with our two boy neighbors who um, are 7 and I think 11 maybe at that age. And the boys were playing in the trampoline. And all of a sudden, I hear my kid like whining or crying. And then oh, the no. other, yeah, and the other kid saying, stop it, stop it. Oh, no. You're doing this on purpose. So they were all like wrestling with each other, <laughs> and um, and the bigger boy was was on my little boy, it was on my my little boy, and they were like wrestling, just like roughhousing. I think that's what they call it, roughhousing. So I was like, and then the other boy was yelling, "You're never gonna be invited here again if you don't stop that. <laughs> if you don't, if you do that to him, you don't even say sorry." And then I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe I have to deal with this." Um, you know, it's been a while since I've been around mm-hmm. a lot of kids. So I went outside and I was like, what's going on here, guys? And then and then the three boys, they started like, he did this, he did yep. that, and this and that. Finger pointing. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. It was so funny. And I was like, oh, my gosh, how do I deal with this? What do I do? And then I was like, okay, so do you guys want to come here again? <laughs> I was just like asking questions. I was like, 
I was like, Nico, why are you crying? And then he's like, I'm crying because he kicked me in my nuts. <laughs> yeah, and then I was like, okay, well, that's going to happen if you're on top of somebody and you guys are playing rough. And then um, the, the older kid was all like, you know, I'm just going to go home. And then the little kids were like, no, don't go home. <laughs> you know? They were like, don't go home. So they were like mad at each other, but they still wanted to play. So yeah. I was like, okay, I, I don't know how how to work this right now. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm, I was like, I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm you gonna can go. Figure this out. Amongst you guys yourself. figure out the situation, and yeah. I'm gonna come back in five minutes. If you guys are still crying, then you're gonna have to go home. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I came back in five minutes, and they were negotiating. <laughs> they were like, okay, the next time you hurt me like that, you can't come over for five days <laughs> and then yeah so and then I was like okay all right they got this I was like so I just closed the door and went back to work <laughs> wow that I am um, yeah that would be uncomfortable too so thank you both yeah. <laughs> for sharing those stories with us uh, and then to continue the celebration of International Women's Day uh, we have the two of you on here again if you somehow missed the beginning because you were too caught up on our stories uh, these two are the founders of In Her Purpose and they're going to chat about the non-traditional pathways to success for women especially women of color so before we dive into all that um, hopefully the two of you can maybe give us an idea of who you are how y'all got started tell us just more about yourself and I guess, Jen, maybe you're the one going first. <laughs> yeah. Which is weird because I'm younger, right? I'm the older one. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm Jen. I am one of the co-founders and co-authors of In Her Purpose. I am Rose's younger cousin. We both grew up in SoCal, in the LA County area. So we are huge Lakers fans, Dodgers. I won't I won't name mm-hmm. all of them because I'm in the Bay and there's so many haters up here. Um, <laughs> but all, all jokes aside, in addition to being one of the co-founders of In Her Purpose, I also am in the Silicon Valley tech industry. And I've been doing that for over a decade now. Um, started out my career beforehand doing management consulting. So Rose and I are actually two of the few in our family to not be in the medical field. So we both started out our careers in the corporate world. And naturally, that's why we gravitated toward each other because we could relate to each other and I needed advice. And, and so that's also kind of how we started this venture is because in my career, I have mostly been um, one of the only females, one of the only people of color in the room. Mm. And it, 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 it's very lonely, especially when you move up and you, you see less and less people that look like you. And so uh, I reached out to Rose a few years back because Rose was working as a vice president at an ad agency at the time. And so I really wanted um, someone that I could relate to. And I had asked if she knew someone that could mentor me. Wow. And so from there... I mean, I'll let Rose tell you more about that, but that's really like this, the, um, the need and want and search for a mentor is what, what brought me towards this path. While she was going through the journey of looking for a mentor, trying to find somebody who can help um, guide her, I was going through a journey myself where I was actually feeling stuck and I was feeling incomplete about the work that I was doing in, in the corporate on in this corporate level that I was at um, 
I loved I loved working at an ad agency. It was it's it was a great time. It was very creative. I got to meet many people, many high performing people, but it wasn't I felt like something was missing within myself because I was helping large corporate companies grow and I wasn't being and I wasn't able to see what I was doing for them all they would do is you know tell me like I would just show reports and they'll be like okay great job but I felt like there was something missing in that in that moment like I, I was like there has to be something more to life than just this um I was also a couple years before that um I had my first child um Olivia we call her Olive and um for seven years and then I had uh my son uh, two years after her. So for seven years of taking care of two kids and working a corporate job, I started hating the fact that I had to ask for permission to be with my kids or to be with my family. I hated clocking in and telling them why I was late because my daughter wouldn't let me leave the house or, you know, or, or, or you know, just situations like that. Like you, you want to be 100% at work, but when you're at work and you're thinking about like, oh, I wish I was with my kids, just hanging out with them and watching them grow, then that's a different feeling too. And then uh, aside from that feeling, that incomplete part. Um, so while I was doing that, on top of that, I was also helping my brother with his music career. I, um, you know, just like night stuff. So after my day job, I'd be with my, my, my daughter and my son, and then I would do his music uh music business. And um, I love doing that. You know, it, it was a passion for me. It wasn't something that, that I would complain about, or it wasn't something that I, um, I dreaded, like if you judge going into to work on a Monday, right? Um, I didn't, I, I would stay up till five in the morning, working on the tour or working on his music or get it, or helping him evolve or develop as a musician. And, um, and it was, there was a big difference. There was a big difference for me in my day job and then me and what I love to do, right? Um, so along the way, while uh, while he was touring, I started touring too. And then I met so many different women that were doing so, that they were just doing great work, work that um, you wouldn't even think that they, that they even had the capacity to do. Like it was, and they were Asian women making a difference in the business that they were working in and they were in different industries they were in sports they were in music they were in entertainment everything and I, I loved it I loved everything about it so I was like okay well, let me research these girls so I started researching researching them and I found nothing I only found their bios on their corporate website and I was like wait that's not telling me anything that's not telling me how they got there so um when um, I realized that there was nothing on them. I went onto Amazon to see if there was a book on Asian, on successful Asian women. And that was my keywords, successful Asian women. And the only book that showed up was how to marry an Asian woman. So <gasps> that's how we got here today. Oh we decided to write a book, which then evolved to a huge, big community of, you know, of love and us trying to actually put a stand for something or we, you know, stand for the women, for the women, <laughs> for women. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm already, I am so curious. I have so many questions uh, and yeah. I just, I want to know more, but before we do that, um, let's go ahead and take a quick break and then we'll come right back.
right, we're back. I'm excited. I can't wait to know um, all about how, you know, you all found this path some more and talk about like the community that you've built. So you've both already alluded to this a little bit, but I just wanted to dig in for folks who might not know. Um, in your opinion, what do you both think qualifies as a non-traditional path towards success? For me, success looks different for everyone. And that is why we have the subtitle 40 Principles of Asian Women Redefining Success on Their Own Terms. And and Rose and I, and probably both of you guys, are first generation born here in the United States, Mm -hmm. the first to go to college in your family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that in itself is the path that our parents wanted for us, right? To go to school, to graduate from a university, and then you find a job. In my family, my mom is a retired registered nurse and my dad is a retired army so super typical right <laughs> they right. pick the most stable industries that you could think of government and and medical and that was something that my parents they were always like pushing me and encouraging me to do and so to me a traditional path would be that like following my, what my parents and pretty much a lot of Filipino families and a lot of people in our family have done so so anything what... not medical or not <laughs> military was non-traditional for you in your terms <laughs> yes pretty much yes if i saw someone who didn't have to go to the hospital or wear uniform you're different mm. in my mind you know our parents only want the best for us right so um and they come over here as you know, from the Philippines and they come over here and all they know is about we got to work hard, we got to make sure our kids are stable so that they could have a bright future, right? So that's what they taught as well, you know, as well as what was taught to Jen. What what was taught to me was you get an education, from education you get a job, you get a job, then you, you know, build a family, then you get your 401k and then you retire and you live off your 401k. Um, so what my, what a traditional field in my family was medical field, military, uh, accounting, engineering, maybe, um, lawyer, I think, yeah, maybe a lawyer. Yeah. A lawyer. Mm-hmm. So all something that, that, um, that gives you a, it's a skill, like it's, it's a school, a skill that you have to go to school for, you have to get educated and mm-hmm. then you have, which will then build you stability and then a really good paycheck. Right. But they don't know that, you know, there's a reason why you are here in this world. And that's the purpose that you're whatever, whatever it is that you have in your heart and your mind and whatever it is that you love to do is exactly what you're supposed to do. Um, But, you know, our parents just have great intentions and that's what we do. And um, that to me is what a traditional Uh, field is. I I definitely relate to what both of you were saying in terms of how you two connected on this this In Her Purpose project because me and Vanessa we would always joke among our friends because among our friends we have a lot of registered nurses um, and a lot of other people in the the medical field and I remember when we were going off to college or even in high school we would always talk about how like we'll be the ones, we joked, we're like we're going to be the ones, we'll share our little homeless cardboard box together Vanessa because (laughs) we're not going into any sort of medical field, the, the quote-unquote stable <laughs> lifestyle. Um, and, and I remember feeling uncomfortable about, you know, 
being unsure about going into school for journalism and, and studying public relations instead of, um, and even though my mom is not in the medical field, which is kind of a blessing because I, I got to see an example of what it meant to be a Filipino woman and not be a registered nurse. But yeah, I, I remember being uncomfortable. So I guess my next question is, you know, in your experience, why do you think it can be uncomfortable for women of color and especially first generation Americans to pursue a quote unquote non-traditional path? I mean, you both grew up in Filipino households, right? And if you disrespect your mom or your dad, like, I mean, they're not afraid to hit you. They'll take out the slipper <laughs> or the belt or whatever. <laughs> So whatever, whatever, whatever they have, whatever is closer, whatever they have, they are not afraid to hit you. Right. So of course, like they try to instill fear and, and kind of tell you, you know, if you don't want to do this, I'm going to send you to the farm or threaten to like pull you out of private school. Like, okay, yeah, go ahead. Pull me out of school. (laughs) Oh my gosh. My mom used to threaten that too. And I used to say the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's crazy, right? So, like, we're growing up with fear, and then we don't want to disappoint our parents. And, you know, in, in the Filipino household, like, you can't talk back to your parents. It's all about, like, respect. So you really try to, to do things to please your parents and make sure they're happy. And then, of course, you start to feel bad because then they tell you stories about how they grew up, how they didn't have water, how they didn't have a shower, they didn't have shoes, right? So you start to feel real bad really fast thinking like, damn, like my mom only had one pair of uniform or whatever. And here you are complaining about this ugly skirt you have to wear to private school, (laughs) right? So Like you're lucky you can go to private school. Yeah. Yes. So of course, like for me, it was like a lot of guilt, um, wanting to please my parents. Um, My mom and dad were super strict. Like I couldn't do anything. It was like, you have to study, get good grades and no boyfriend and all this stuff. So it was like a whole bunch of like, you cannot... You cannot. And it's like they planned out your whole life for you already. And my parents were really strict. And growing in private school pretty much my whole life, I felt like I grew up in a bubble. Like I feel like private school is a bubble because you're together from like kindergarten to 12th grade. And then all of a sudden you're thrown to college and you're like, what? You don't take role here? You have boys here? (laughs) It was so different. Like I really felt like I was in a bubble because you're around people who are all Catholic, a lot of Filipino kids and Mexican kids so we all pretty much have like the same like um, values and cultures and so for me I didn't know anything different maybe I was a little bit brainwashed right to think like that's that's the that's the only path right because I didn't see anything else Mm -hmm. whereas like when I went to college and even now I was around people with different cultures my roommate in college was um, Hindu and I was like what do you mean you don't eat meat Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we only yeah. do that during Lent. On, on, on yeah. I was like, what do you mean you don't eat meat like like ever how, how or just live? like today, right? And so, <laughs> like that that was like a, a shock to me. And then like seeing people's parents who like don't have to wear uniform or oh, I work for myself. Like that was just the whole foreign concept to me. It's until, like a whole learning curve yeah. there. That's like it's totally un, yeah, not anything you were used to seeing. The other part of being uncomfortable is to those who actually decide to step out of the box, to step out of the bubble 
and pursue a career that nobody in their family or no one around them knows what it is even about, right? So somebody like me who went into advertising and was like, oh my God, everybody here is not Filipino. Why am I the only Filipino person here? So then that's uncomfortable too because now you have to learn other people's ways and then they have to teach your ways mm -hmm. because now you have to teach them things about the way you are I mean what if you go for lunch and like you bring like a Filipino food for lunch right yeah, yeah. <laughs> that then they'll look at your food and be like what is that and then <laughs> you have to explain so that could also be uncomfortable too because something that you known your whole life that you live with your whole life and you go into you know this new industry or just this new world and they don't know what the filipino culture is you don't know what you know what an american culture is it's just it's just a lot of things that you have to learn and you have to learn quickly because in the advertising world you have to be quick you have to be able to be opinionated and you have to be able to say what you feel and then as a person who grew up with being scared of what my mom and dad would say if I said something to them mm -hmm. like you have to mold yourself to say okay this is not mom and dad I can tell them how I feel <laughs> and I could yeah. tell them yeah I could tell <laughs> them that you know this ad doesn't resonate with me wow. as opposed to if, if I told them have an opinion yeah have an opinion and be yeah and that's how I felt about um, being in um, public relations and in, in journalism and public relations. No one looked like me. Everyone was blonde. Like, you mm -hmm. know, um, I was the only person with dark hair, um, brown like, eyes. Why did you hire me? <laughs> I, I'm like, yeah, would it work? Am I sure am I in the, in the right room? <laughs> well, it sounds like there's a lot of, uh, both of you hit on several things, like fear, uncertainty, having to adjust to something that's like an other from your own experience. So is that why the two of you started the In Her Purpose Project? Or um, is, there a, is there a bigger reason? Tell us more about it and, and why you started it. Um, so like I mentioned earlier, for me, selfishly, it was because I was in search for a mentor. And as I started to move up in my career, I started to see less and less people that look like me. And that's when Rose was able to actually introduce me to Sheila Marcello. She's the founder and former CEO, CEO of Care.com. And oh, wow. yeah, and I had no idea she was Filipino. And she emailed me and Sheila, and Sheila actually responded to me. And I was shocked because she's the freaking CEO. Right. And yeah. she, um, she lived in Boston, and she actually flew out to the Bay Area. And we met for coffee and we sat down and, you know, spent some time to talk about like my goals and what I wanted to do. And I thought that was super amazing because, I mean, she's busy. She's a CEO. She has a, two kids of her own and she's a, a wife, but she still made time for me, a stranger who she had no idea who I was. Yeah. And, and uh, she was, and just to add to this, she was in the middle of negotiations of getting her company public. And oh, then yeah. after she spoke with Jen... Um, or after that meeting, only a few months later, her company went public. So yeah. just wow. to have a person like her actually come out to just talk to Jen, who she had no idea who she was. She 
um, she flew out here and had coffee with her. Like, who does that? Wow. Yeah. So right. that was like an inspiration in itself. And it's like, we need more people like that. And there are not a lot of people that would do that. So that's kind of like why we decided to come up with our, um, in her purpose is to be able to help motivate and inspire other women to go out and do what it is that they're supposed to do. Um, just like how she did it. Uh, Sheila went out, she reached, or we reached out to Sheila. Sheila came out, spent some time with her. And, you know, I don't know how long was the, the meeting, like an hour or 30 minutes. And just to have that moment with her inspired Jen so much that now look at her. <laughs> look at what that created, what, what fire that built, you know, under her. And like, um, and imagine if we just did that more often how much how many more women will have that spark to actually go out and do something yeah building that community of women and especially like asian american women and you know just women of color in general like just building that community amongst each other and and that support system is is something that um that's why i was drawn to the both of you and the in her purpose project because it when when do you really see that it's it's kind of rare where you see this like community of asian women bounding together um and i know that you touched on the book that you both co-authored together so i was wondering if you can share an example um from one of the women you've talked to um that have shared their story in the book or any sort of anecdote about a woman who found success in the non-traditional path and what that was like gosh i mean every single every single one of them um, took a non, non-traditional path and like even just like Rose and I like writing the book I had no idea what I was doing like I'd never written a book in my life but Rose was so passionate and upset about how to date and marry an Asian woman that she wanted to fix that so um, like that in itself um, for me that's like just one story that motivated me the one person in specific that sticks out for me is Joanna Alba and she is the chief visionary of Alba Legacy. And what she does is she makes custom suits and clothing for anyone. But most of her clients are famous people. And she really started her business when she was in, she's probably 20 years old only. And she was working at the Succedo shop because she wasn't making enough money working at a school. She wanted to be a teacher because she needed to make ends meet. She worked at the Succedo shop and that's where she met Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson became her client and he basically encouraged her to start her own business by giving her the opportunity to make him 10 suits. Like us, she didn't know what she was doing, but she did it and that's really how she started her business was through Magic and next thing you know like I mean she's dressing like pretty much every famous person you could think of like Lasorda, LeBron, Westbrook, Clay Thompson. Wow you need one catalyst moment like that where it could just change the trajectory. Yeah I mean like do you know a lot of Filipinos in fashions besides Monique Lulier and Natori the lady who makes the robes and underwear I think is what she makes but those are the only two that I could think of. So um, we'll, today we'll talk about Cece Gutierrez, formerly known as uh, Cece Scott. She actually went the traditional route, went into the medical field, became an RN, 
worked in the emergency room. She worked everywhere in a hospital that you could think of. And while she was doing that, she was raising her child. She also put herself through school, all, all of that as, as a single mom. And on top of that, she became a nurse. Uh, she did that for many years, grew it where she can actually, um, or, well, let me back up. <laughs> I'm, talking, I'm like getting too excited. So, um, so one day while she was like studying, I think she found this med spa. She passed by this med spa that said that they were hiring and they were looking for nurses. After her shift, she went straight to the place, waited in the parking lot until the the med spa opened. She walked into the med spa and then she she interviewed for the job and then she got it, right? But while she was working that, so that that was it's not so traditional because this one is more about skin, about Botox. So it was just another route that nurses could take. And back then, like nobody knew about what that was, right? Everybody was like, I'm gonna be a nurse, I'm just gonna work at the hospital. And although she loved working at the hospital, she thought that this was something new. So she went in there and she was running the damn thing. She was just like, you know, she knew the ins and out of it. Next thing you know, she opens her own, right? And then she builds that and builds that and builds it. And now she has several and then she sold it. Um, so though that to me was inspiring enough because she did this, you know, she went to school, she, she had her son, and then um, she was inspired to just wait in the parking lot, which then changed her entire game plan, right? Just because she waited for that and she walked in herself and then applied and she got the job. So um, a lot of people are scared to do something like that. They're, they're scared to like go outside the box and um, try something else. Um, so for her, I commend her for doing that, for actually thinking. And this was, you know, a while ago before, um, before, you know, she was probably part of the whole trend when these med spas started coming out. So, yeah, I think I knew someone that w- that was going to school as a nurse. Uh, she and then she ended up working at one of these med spas for a little bit too. So I didn't. I that was the first time I knew that that was a pathway that you could you could take with nursing. So. Thank you for sharing those two stories with us. That's Those are really inspiring. Uh, we, we like to typically end the episode by asking, you know, how to be okay with it is kind of the theme. But I'd actually like to combine that with a different question. Uh, so the two stories that you shared were just so powerful. And I want to know, why do you think it's important for women to hear those stories? And what has In Her Purpose kind of taught you? Like, do you have any advice for women trying to be okay with finding their purpose. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, for for myself, like I think it's really important because growing up, I didn't see many people straying away from the traditional path. Both of you were talking about like your circle of friends, a lot of them still ended up going into nursing. And um, a lot of my classmates, they were all going down that same path. And Sometimes you're, you're not sure of yourself, right? Like, am I making the right decision because I want to do something different? It's also because you don't see anything else and you don't read about it. And I thought it was really important for us to create like our own like herstory book where you're documenting these stories and, you know, Rose's daughter can see like her aunt and her mom in a book and, and see that, oh, um, my aunt works with engineers, but she doesn't have to be an engineer. Or my mom worked in the business world, and 
and she also did music and she also coached women on how to start their own business. And so there's like a million things that, that I could be, that she could be. And, um, my advice like to anyone is basically to, to just do it. Like whatever it is that you have in your mind or like something that you've always dreamed about doing, just do it. And like the worst thing is like you'll live and be like I wonder if I should have and at least like if you go out and like do it (laughs) then you'll know Mm -hmm. I didn't really like that or I loved it or I suck at that (laughs) or (laughs) (laughs) like basically you're 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 learning faster and and you know you're just gaining more experience that get you closer to what you really want to do or really helping you find what your purpose is Mm -hmm. for me it's very, very important to find a community that will support you, to find, to be with people who are like-minded, mm. to be with people who will lift you up, and to be with people who you can lift up. You, you can do it alone. We can all do whatever we want to do alone, but we will get there faster and more effectively with a community behind us with friends behind us, with people who are lifting each other up as opposed to hating on each other. If you put that energy out there to be around people who are just like you and who want more, chances are you're going to get it. If um, the I think the statistic is if you're around five people, chances are you're going to end up like those five people. Um, so if you're around five people who do drugs, chances are you're going to be doing drugs. But On the bright side, if you're around five people who are highly successful, highly supportive, people who want to get stuff done, people who are productive or who have resources, chances are you're going to be just like them. So I truly believe that it is important for you to find that tribe of yours, find the people that will lift you and guide you, and then you can do the same too. Wow. Yeah, I love that we've we've wrapped up on on that note because it's just about building that community of support your cheerleaders essentially that will help not only boost your own self-confidence to pursue those things that you maybe would have doubted yourself to be able to do mm-hmm. um, but also being able to be a resource yourself to others in that group um, to to help lift them up too so I love that it goes both ways in, in with this in her purpose project and trying to build that community of women that we typically don't see so that's that's really amazing so I just wanted to say thank you to you both Rose and Jennifer Um, but before we wrap um, where can our listeners find you and follow you if you want to share any of your um, socials all of those things um, let us know so you can find us on our website inherpurpose.com and on pretty much every social media our handle is at inherpurpose yes easy enough (laughs) anything you want to add uh, before we end our episode today and say goodbye to our listeners yes i do um first off thank you for you know letting us come in here and speak with you guys you guys are so inspiring um continue to do what you do keep doing this because you are impacting so many people and to me all it is is you just need to reach that one person that really needs you so just keep on so and that goes for everybody too like keep doing what you're doing or start doing whatever it is that you want to do um on top of that if you guys ever if you guys need something if you guys need resources jen and i are always here we have a great team behind us um feel feel free to 
reach out to us because we do answer. Um, we, you know, DM us, uh, send us an email, text us, whatever, email us, whatever you need to do. We are here for you. So we help people find their purpose. We help people level up in careers and we help people um, start their businesses. So, um, and then aside from that, we have a bunch of people in our community that will help, help, help. So we are here for you. So reach out, reach out to us, please. Great. Well, thank you for sharing where to find you. If you're listening and this sounds like something that you need and it's speaking to you, then definitely reach out to Rose and Jennifer. And thank you so much for listening today. Be sure you follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on Instagram at imuncomfortable.podcast. If you have an episode idea, question, or shout out for a friend, maybe even guest suggestions like our two lovely ladies today, head to our website, imuncomfortablepodcast.com. We release new episodes every Tuesday, so we'll talk to you.